On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Bill Mazur, the founder of Men of Character. Bill, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Alejandro. Appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. And I wanted to really take advantage of this time to talk about your ebook that was recently released. I figured we could just divide this discussion into three parts uh, masculinity, technology, and wisdom. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, so to start off, let's talk about masculinity. You talk about this in your book quite a bit in various chapters, and I want you to kind of go more in depth on how comfort is hurting men today, how testosterone is becoming an issue, you know, how can we find positive role models, these kind of things. Yeah, I think, I think it's a weird time to, to be a man. Like we, there's not very good role models. Like obviously there's issues of the of fathers not being in homes as, as uh, it's, you know, it's more common to have single, single parent household where the father isn't involved or, or divorce or the father just never involves himself. So you have like that aspect to it. And then I think modern society has gotten to the point where a lot of the things that you were maybe just required to do, right? Because work was more manual and, and just culturally required you to be a stronger person. They're no longer required. So we've lost that. Like one of the benefits of being a man is your, the physical capabilities. Like it, and I'm not, I don't know, this could be controversial to some people, but men have more testosterone. So they're naturally, their bone density is usually, now there are outliers to this, but their bone density usually is thicker. So that's a, a it should be a perceived strength of being a man, but we don't need it anymore. Right? You don't need, I don't need to go to the factory anymore to usually, right? Some people still work that, but not, not a majority of society or work the fields or, so we sort of lost touch. There's like aspects of, of being a man that I think most men have lost touch with and they've been replaced by a lot of like consumer society. And, and when you're a consumer, you just leave yourself up to a lot of manipulation, a lot of, uh, you're like, in a, you're, you're in an emotional state and, and, and actually being a man, like, and I'm not like some authority on being a man, but in my own experiences, the less, I let my emotions control my actions. I'm that's actually what you want out of a man. Like in my opinion, you want someone who can be calm under pressure, make decisions and yeah, and is not emotional, is not driven by their impulses and their desires. And we sort of grow up in a culture now that it's all about yeah, instant gratification and and consumption and you are driven by those impulses and desires and we lack we lack self-control and so this is the type of stuff that i touch on in my book that we've forgotten these virtues that in my opinion built the current civilization and if we don't recognize those then we're just not gonna you won't continue to have that type of civilization like it's um yeah it's impossible to just can to continue to pr have progress when people can't actually um control themselves and, and, and put their efforts to what is actually most valuable for their themselves and their family and society. This discussion already has me thinking about, you know, the books that I've read in history about men going out into the wild, going through some sort of trial by fire, having to hunt things down, you know, 
overcoming obstacles where they're constantly challenged, it seems as though today we need to look for these moments of discomfort deliberately, right? Because we're not getting yeah. them on a daily experience. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the term came from. I don't know if it was Tanner Guzzi or Ryan Mickler. I don't know if, if your listeners aren't familiar with these two guys, they, they should look them up because they're fantastic resources on this topic. But they meant they use the term um, voluntary hardship that today men need to voluntarily go and find challenges. And the reason for that is that it's like be, becoming a man is actually built through challenging yourself. And there's a certain aspect of, of being a man. I can't speak to what it is to be a woman because I'm not a woman. But there, this I find very true where it's like you want some sense of adventure. And I think a lot of modern life is so routine based, right, from very young let's say school to very, when you're older and you just work, you work like a corporate job, it's all very routine based. And there's like a part of men that's like dead. Like they, 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 they're sort of suppressed. It comes out maybe when they're watching sports or they're out drinking, but they're actually not living a life of adventure. And so I think that challenge, you have to like purposely now consciously go and push yourself into those areas or else you will not, you'll feel like part of you is like missing. And so that's been my experience the last two years or so. It's like been, I finally got rid of cer certain habits that were holding me back. And then now I just, if I want to apply myself and write a book, I'll write a book. If I want to apply myself and put, put together a conference on how to help men become better, then I go and I do that. And it literally, I just literally will it out of myself and it's fun. I do it. it people, you know, I'm not just trying to toot my own horn, but the people that witnessed it on Twitter are like, how the hell is this guy pulling all this off? It's like, because I can control myself because I, and because I'm, it, it, it's an adventure for me. I find it interesting that there's all, there's this technology that I can just use like social media and different software. And I can like put ideas and, and things into the world. And I think people have just, they look at the world and they think that they have no control over it. And I think it's complete, it's an excuse and it's complete baloney. And if, and whatever you find interesting, you know, I don't think I'm the only one saying this, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this. Um, whatever you find interesting, there's a market for people that are interested in that. You just need to have some guts and go for it. Yeah, you mentioned in your book um, that you should put your ideas out there to cultivate a social circle that is that motivates you and you motivate each other. Uh, and then you can create these communities offline as well it, it, it is all interconnected with other chapters that you write in the book on the school system for instance where it suppresses your creative impulse and your imagination it seems like to reclaim our manhood we need to create we need to bring things into the world would you agree with that yeah i, I don't and i think that is not just a feature of of, of men but yeah for sure, like women as well right men, well women naturally create they create life so they probably have a better, better ability than even men. Do. But I think men literally are the, yes, in order to feel like you have control over your own life, you, you, I think you have to create like you, it's either like John Taylor Gatto, who I talk about in the book and around schooling, he has a line where he says, you're either writing your own script or you're, or you're living out someone else's script. And I think too many men today feel like they they're living out somebody else's script. Like it's it's sort of like the the Breaking Bad. Someone put um, a tweet about Breaking Bad, where they described like that character is actually just a repressed man 
who then goes on a rampage. And I think that's actually the men we're creating. Like the fact that we find that entertainment interesting is a sign of our own neurosis. And like, because we don't, we just, we, we think that we have no control. It's like, no, you do have control. Now it doesn't, you don't, you shouldn't have to go and like take it out on society. Like go and do something good. What do you, what is it that you think is wrong with the world and start, start, start taking a step to go and fix that. So, and I think, yeah, we, we, there's much more power that we have than we, than we give ourselves credit or, or that we're willing to do because it comes back to like, we're too comfortable, right? We're, we're fed. We're, we have all the, we have shelter, we have all the things we need. So we're like a little pissed about it, but not enough to like go and do anything about it because we'd rather just complain. We'd rather just like feel the emotion of anger. Cause that's an addictive thing too, right? You feeling annoyed is like, it's something to do too. And I think sometimes you rather, sometimes people don't realize they rather feel annoyed and, and like try to blame the world or someone else then actually take the risk and then be responsible for failing because then it's certain like then there's nobody else to blame. Like, so that, I think that was what, what sort of broke me out of my own loop is that I quit my job six years ago with no backup plan. And I failed, like didn't, couldn't do it, had no habits, the right, I had the wrong habits, didn't have the skill set. And it just completely made me realize, like, there's, I can't point a finger at anybody. There's no way, unless I just say the world, like, I had a choice, right? You could just say, oh, the world's a miserable place. And that's why I didn't do well, because the world's wrong. So, no, I realized, like, no, there was something that I was, I didn't have the sales skill. I didn't have the, the speaking skill. I didn't have the, the right habits. Um, and so I had to face that. And I think too many people are not, you know, it's much more comfortable to just continue to collect that paycheck and, um, like Nassim Talib says, like, it's like the most addictive thing, right? You just collect that paycheck and you don't have to, you can just sit and complain and be angry and never have to really face the reality of whether you were actually capable of it or not. So I faced it and was like, no, you're not capable. And so then I just picked up, picked myself off the ground and felt sort of liberated. It was like, oh, everybody just watched me. Everybody that I know just watched me fail miserably. Well, now what, what is there to lose now? Like, there's nothing to lose. Just so since pretty much since the last five years it's just been a gradual improvement like just as long as I decided you know what I, I'm gonna get to achieve these things no matter what I have to learn to get there I'm gonna do it and so I, that's just been my mentality and it's much more freeing of a mentality. Can you tell us a little bit about your story on getting on Twitter and expanding your following in that respect uh, I think listeners would get a lot of value out of it. Yeah so Twitter I, I watched vicariously right like most people do who don't tweet a lot like I think since 2014 at the beginning I, didn't, I was like everybody else right I didn't understand Twitter but then I started then I used it more to find like I think I came across Naval and different people that just put out interesting ideas and, and very clear thinkers so I just and I think I found Ed Lattimore through there and then Alexander Cortez and then you sort of get access to people with yeah, just a bunch of minds with great ideas and great um, similar mindsets. And so it was almost like just a matter of I was improving myself and I'm doing these things even to some degree by myself. You know, I have a couple close friends that probably in the same mindset as I am, but not too many. But just finding this online community was like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm on the same path as these people. 
you know, like I'm doing the ridiculous things that we talk about, like cold showers. And when I talk to, a, you know, someone normal, they look at me like I'm out of my mind. But when I go on Twitter, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to do cold showers. And, and here's also other stuff I'm doing. I'm doing my blood work. And like I'm over here doing this by myself. So it was almost, I think, just a serendipity or, uh, well, I think, the, I think it's the internet and reality. I think it's the internet has allowed you to, if you're someone who's curious and willing to learn and, you're, and you want to grow, like you don't have to inherit the values of your community or your family. You can like go and find the best information. Now, also the worst information is available. So it all depends on the, on the person. But yeah, so that's how that started. And then at some point, once I, I felt like, you know what, I feel like I can contribute to this and I want to engage with these people. So I just started messaging people, commenting, retweeting, putting my own thoughts. And, and then I just started gaining followers. And, and then probably last August, I decided to do the conference. I had like, so I did a conference called the Men of Character Conference. It was 40 different speakers. And I did it online, like a virtual summit. And so I did, um, I did that and I had 900 speakers and then I had a tweet go viral. And then I ended up with 4,000 followers. Just happened to be, it was all coincidence. And then, um, and then I announced the conference with like 5,000 followers. And then just a year, nine months of tweeting consistently and has gotten me now to about 12,000. And now with the book. So it's just been a, so I, I really think it's just a natural outgrowth of my own improvement. Maybe it's just my, my ego telling me that. But I do think, you know, I, I feel like it, it made me acknowledge like, hey, you know what? You do have things that, that people could benefit from. Like, do I have the answers to how everyone needs to fix their lives? I don't. But I had my own experience and just sharing th that and, and what I've come to the conclusion of um, and what I continue to learn and continue to share that has been valuable to people. And I think people enjoy, like the people that reach out to me, they just enjoy seeing the fact that I just act. Like I like that I, I might have great thoughts and I'm insightful like you, you know, like how we all like accounts like that, that, that put platitudes or whatever. But I'm not just about platitudes, I'm doing things. Like I wrote a book in 30 days. Like I literally forced myself to write this book and didn't. So it's not just platted. Like I had this criticism of, oh, platitudes, all these people sit on Twitter and do nothing. Like, so you can criticize people selling courses, but you don't do anything. So, and that's what they don't like. So they don't like that, that you're told that, but I talk and I do, and I'll continue to do that. Right. No, <laughs> that was a long awesome. answer for that. Yeah. Absolutely, Bill. And, and you have skin in the game. So that level of that's transparency is something that people can appreciate uh, because, you know, in this conversation already, we're talking about, how you can become the better self, whether you're a woman or a man, just by putting things out there, creating and, and taking on uncertainty and, and getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, you're, you're doing it. And so it's very hard to object to that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you'd be surprised, but you, you made me think of one thing like um, it's actually Jordan Peterson. Well, there, there's a, I'm forgetting his name right now. Akira the Don. He, I keep on mentioning him on all my podcasts, but I listen to his tracks. He basically takes like motivational Jordan Peterson, Gary Vaynerchuk, Naval, and lays them over like beats. So I wrote my books to these tracks, but he has a Jordan Peterson clip where he talks about that the, the healthy place to be is between chaos and order. 
like the, like right now the problem is actually what we talked about there's too many people that are living in order and to a man to most people it's like that's boring like you just feel like you're dead like there's nothing interesting occurring so like i do i am creating a form of chaos like i have no idea what this book is going to create like it's fun i just i reach out to people like you know i i go and talk to um ralph napolitano or and I'm like, hey, here's my book, read it. And I don't know what he's going to do with that. If he'll go and tweet about it, who's, who is he connected with? And who's, I could end up on tele. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know the consequences of this book. Like I'm talking to you and it probably occurred because you saw my, that I was writing a book. I don't know. But it makes life much more interesting to just like do things. Like you, 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 put, you put it to the world and then you realize, it's like what they say, right? Then the world actually comes to your, like to your aid is very strange, but it's a hundred percent true. I saw it occur with my conference and, and with the book has been very similar. Yeah. And, and you're creating a lot of energy here because you're putting things out there. You're collaborating like these kind of interviews. So it's almost as if luck is coming to you. You're creating your own luck and that's empowering because now you're creating something that didn't exist before. You're showing people that it's possible. That's motivation in and in, in of itself. And the possibilities are endless. So I really hope that listeners take in this message. If you get anything from this interview is to go out there and start creating. Um, to like the last section of this interview, I want to talk about wisdom because this book is full of it. And one thing that struck me is how much our ancestors did for us. You know, how much uh, they brought into the world that we didn't have to do. We didn't have to create. Can you just touch upon that part of the book? I'm, uh, I'd like to hear your take. Yeah, I think, so I spent like three years, like just reading history and economics. This was before I was doing anything. So I was probably reading too much. And this was like 2012, 2015. And one of the things that just changed my whole political viewpoint, like I was a liberal through and through. I voted for Al Gore, first time I could ever vote for president. And was just the fact that we don't appreciate that the world we live in, we, and, and actually, we're, we're just not grateful for any of it, right? Like the fact that we, everything that we do from food, I don't, there's a story about, uh, maybe I'll just put, touch on this to show the example. There's a story about um, Gorbachev coming to the United States in 19, I don't have this in the book, I probably should have put it in. He comes to the United States in 1989 or 88, and he visits, first time he's been in the United States. So the Soviet Union's already started collapsing. He visits the United States and he goes to a grocery store. I think it was in like San Antonio, Texas. And he literally can't believe, like he doesn't understand how he walks into this place and there's food from all over the world, all varieties. There's people helping at every section. And he's like, how do you have this? Like, how is this possible without anyone directing? And I think that's, we don't have any appreciation for, we have some appreciation for it. Like we are, oh yeah, yeah, capital, yeah, it works, yeah, yeah. But then we literally, all we do is just continue to hamper it. We continue to add rules. We continue to, to create regulations that only benefit big companies. We don't understand it. We don't understand that it, like, that whole, it's actually human nature. Like what we, what capitalism is, is, is we just allowed humans to naturally operate. And when they are allowed to naturally operate, they just go in and they focus on their certain things and then everyone benefits. Like I go and I learn how to, how to write and I research something. So then you can read my book and you don't have to research all the stuff that I did 
or I go and I create, you know, learn how to build a car like Henry Ford, and then you get to benefit from driving. And all of this is just things that we, yeah, we don't have any, like we do, do you appreciate the fact that you have air conditioning? Like you live in air conditioning 24, you could live in the hottest place on earth today, usually, and you never really sweat. <laughs> like we have heat, we have refrigeration, we have, yeah, it literally, and it's lit, it was all our ancestors. And I think we just, and I just don't like the, the talk of like looking at all the bad things that our ancestors did, which sure, but you think that we're perfect? Like somebody's gonna look back and be like, what the hell was that whole generation thinking? Like the way that they were just like the victim, the victim Olympics or, or and that whole aspect of our current culture. So I think, we have to appreciate, we have to appreciate what we have. We have to appreciate that. Yes. People before us were wrong on certain things. Very wrong. Right. Like there's tons of examples of terrible mistakes, but they also allowed us to be where we're at today. And I think we don't appreciate that at all. Very interesting for all the listeners. We'll include a link to Bill's new book. And uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, so I'm mainly on Twitter. I, I stay very focused on Twitter. I don't really have any other social media. Um, so that's my my uh, handle is at Future in Mind Two Ds. So if you go there, um, my book is linked there, and yeah, that's pretty much what where you can find me right now. I do have a newsletter too, so, so I'll post that every once in a while. You can get uh, three chapters of the book through the newsletter. So if you don't see that on my uh, Twitter's page just dm me and i'll send you that link and you get three chapters for free great bill thank you so much for this podcast it's been a lot of fun yeah thank you alejandro appreciate it man all right take care all right